heart, I want you to declare it with me tonight, church. That great are you. Every knee. Come on. Sing it with me. Come on. All the earth. All the earth will shout you. Come on. Our heart cries. These poems let us sing. Come on. Great. Great. Are you, Lord? anointing, blessing, power. We pray over every family represented here and online. We pray blessing over our country, over our city and state. And we pray blessing over our leaders. Father God, might your name be glorified. We pray in the glorious name of Jesus Christ and God's people shout out, amen. Say, sing it. Sing it out. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Your 
holding your communion elements, be seated in a spirit of worship as you prepare to take the elements in your hand. We remember the words of our Lord, and he said, When you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Father, you said that this was your body, which is broken for us that took our sin, took our shame, took our pain, that made us whole, made us one with you. So God, as we hold this bread, we thank you, Lord, as you gave thanks. And we take this bread in remembrance of you. This is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We likewise take the cup as you took the cup. We likewise give thanks as you gave thanks. And Lord, we're going to keep drinking of this cup until you come. And we're going to keep proclaiming the victory of the cross. That the blood of Jesus has set us free and protected us from all harm and all evil and all wickedness. Lord, we claim the blood of Jesus over our families over our individuals, our individual life and those individuals that we are doing life with. God, we claim the blood of Jesus over Albuquerque, New Mexico and Bernalillo County. Break the curse on this city, God. Break the curse on this state. God, so much innocent blood has been shed from the very foundation of this state to this day. Father God, I pray that, Lord, you heal those wounds with the blood of Jesus. Heal everyone's body. Heal everyone's wounds with the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the blood. This is the blood of Christ. You may drink of the cup. Praise the glorious name of Jesus. Go ahead and stand again. Shout it out.
basking in the presence that is in this place, declaring the greatness of your love and mercy, your abounding grace that never fails us, no matter how many times we fail you, Heavenly Father. The greatness of who you are, the greatness of your mercy and your love is that you have yet to fail any one of us in this place. And for that, we give you all praise and all honor and all glory, for you are worthy of praise. Heavenly Father, in this place, we lift up all the broken hearts and all the broken bodies and all of those buried by chains. And we declare healing and restoration and broken chains in this place right now because that is how great you are in this place. And we stand on the promises of your word that when we seek and when we knock, you will answer and you will give us what it is exactly that we need. So in this place right now, I pray you open our hearts, minds, and souls that we may receive the word that you have already prepared for each one of us that it go down deep in our souls, that it produce great fruit in abundance for your purpose, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey church, welcome to Holy Ground. Can we give him praise because he is so great? Can we lift a hallelujah because he is worthy? Amen. Could you just turn to someone and welcome them into the house of the Lord? Man, what a time of worship, amen. God showed up tonight. That was awesome. Yeah. All right, church, we're so happy that you guys got to be here with us on a Wednesday night. We're so close to the weekend, so, so close. Uh, but we're glad that you're here with us. Uh, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but is anyone visiting us for the very first time tonight, today? Hey, welcome, brother. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. You guys in the back. I see you guys. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And if you're joining with us online for the first time, we want to welcome you as well. You're a part of this as well. Uh, Church, before we get started, we just have a few announcements for you guys. Uh, First and foremost, this coming Sunday, excuse me, this coming Sunday, we are having Baptism Sundays. It seems like, I don't know, to me at least, yeah, yeah. It seems like so long ago was the last time we did baptisms, but we're finally doing it again. If you gave your life to Christ between the last time we did baptisms until now, or maybe you gave your life to Christ committed uh, a few years ago, or 15, 20 years ago, and you still haven't made that next step with your walk with God, Sunday's going to be the perfect time to do that. You can register online on our website, nbcabq.com. 
uh, right behind me, there's a QR code that you can scan with your phone, and that will take you to a welcome, a, a welcome sheet, and you can write your information on there and then check, I want to be baptized, uh, and we can get a hold of you uh, right there as well. Or you can call our main offices as well uh, between now and, or between tomorrow and Friday, you guys can call our main offices. So that's going to be awesome. And then following baptisms, right after baptisms, uh, is going to be Meet the Pastors. We, we do this uh, bi-monthly, Meet the Pastors, where you get to meet the leadership here at New Beginnings Church. You get to meet the pastors and the other ministers who lead us, who lead, who are spirit-filled and lead this church, this congregation. You get to find out what they, what they like, what they do, um, find out their background, where New Beginnings was so many years ago when we started, uh, where we are now, and where we see ourselves uh, in the future. Um, it's going to be an awesome time to know who your leadership is. And they want to know who you guys are, too, because they are here to serve you. Uh, so it's going to be awesome to put a name to a face. We can share a small meal as well. It's going to be an awesome time, really awesome time. So Meet the Pastors is going to be followed by baptisms this coming Sunday, the 26th. Also, next Thursday, May the 4th, is going, we are having, uh, is National Day of Prayer. National, which means nationwide. We get to come together, several ministries here in New Mexico uh, that we partner with. We're meeting at Civic Plaza downtown. And from 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. next Thursday, we are going to pray for our, our state, our community, our leaders uh, in our state, and most of all, because it's national, uh, pray for our nation especially in the state that it's in right now, our nation, our world needs prayer, and that starts with us connecting with God. So that's, amen, absolutely, definitely. It starts with us. It starts with God. So we're going to do that as a community, as a state. Pray for our state. Pray for our nation next Thursday from 1130 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Civic Plaza downtown. We hope that you would be, uh, find time in the day to come and be a part of that. Uh, last but not least, sisterhood. Uh, where are the ladies at? W- women of God. Yeah. All right. All right. Next Saturday, May 6th, sisterhood. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> sisterhood is having a potluck brunch next Saturday, May 6th, from 10 to 1130 uh, in the morning. Bring a meal that you want to share with, with, uh, with your sisters in Christ. Uh, invite your daughters, invite your granddaughters, your nieces, um, your neighbor across the street, or if you're mentoring uh, a young lady in the Lord, uh, invite them as well. They're going to have a speaker. You guys can share life. You guys can share a meal. Um, Encourage each other. Pray for each other. It's going to be an awesome time. Again, that's going to be next Saturday, May 6th, from 10 to 1130. Church, there are so many things that are happening and that are about to happen as well. Uh, You can Follow up on everything that we're doing on our website, nbcabq.com. There's a tab in there. It'll tell you everything that's about to come up. Um, Church, everything that we do here at New Beginnings Church wouldn't be possible without your faithful giving and your tithing. So on behalf of the leadership and behalf of all of you, we would like to say thank you for that. Um, We have a few options. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. If you would like to tithe today, to give today, you can do text to give. You can uh, 
give from our app, our NBC ABQ app, on our website, nbcabq.com slash give. And we also have envelopes outside of the sanctuary in the mall, and then you can drop off that envelope in our drop boxes when you're dismissed today. Uh, again, church, that's all. Thank you, and let's welcome back to the pulpit, Pastor Richard. They wanted me to walk without a cane, but I'm not quite 100% there yet. But getting there, thank you guys for your prayers. And thank you, George. You know, I started a sermon series last week called What We Really Need Is. There's so many things we need in life and so many things we long to get. Oh, young people, we dismiss you to go worship God and learn in your setting what the challenges you all face. And pray for our young people. They face overwhelming challenges that you and I did not face when we were there. And uh, even some of you that have just been out of high school like three or four years, it's, it's gotten crazy just in those three or four years. But I started talking last week about what we really need is security. The security that we have heaven promised to us. We have God's presence promised to us, his goodness and his mercy to be with us all the days of our life. Today, what I want to talk about is really what we need is appreciation. People need to know where they fit. People need to know where they fit in, where God is, who he is, where he is, what he's all about, and then what he has for us and what we are supposed to have for others. And it's a challenge because a lot of times we really don't understand the role that God has for us, and we don't understand the role he has in our life and we have in each other's life. And if you open your Bibles to the book of Psalms, I'm going to be in chapter 8. And in verse 1 through 9, it says, O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of, the, of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, what are we mere mortals <laughs> that you should think about us? Human beings that you should care for. Yet, you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge over everything that you made, putting all things under their authority the flocks and the herds and all of the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims the ocean currents. Oh, Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Oh, God, might we really grab a hold of this tonight. Lord, get a hold of us. Get our attention. 
Whether we're in this sanctuary or watching online, I pray that we not be distracted by what you have for us. And I pray in the name of Jesus, amen. You know, this psalm is filled with so much truth and so depth. A lot of deep stuff is going on here. And when you look at verse 3 and 4, it's saying that this psalm shows us our weaknesses and our humanity. It shows us where we really are. That we're these little tiny little morsels, these tiny little humans, these tiny little beings here in the midst of all this universe. Have you ever really thought of that? Have you ever looked up into the sky and you see the planets and you see the stars and you see the moon and you see the creation of God? And then you think, wow, he made all of this for us to enjoy. And then he thinks of us. That's like wild. It shows us our our weakness. He says right there in verse three and four, he goes, when I look at the night sky and see the works of your hand and the moon and the star, that you set in place. We're mere mortals. We are mere mortals. He goes, that you should think about us, about them, human beings that should care for them. Thank you, Lord. See, God is saying, you know what? In your weakness, I'm your strength. You need to understand he understands our humanity. He understands the challenges as humans that we face. He understands it because you know what? He took the form of man to show us that he bared and bore every single temptation, every single challenge you and I have, but he overcame. He showed us that he could do it and you could do it and I could do it. We have to trust him and lean on him and follow him because we are weak. But that's why he says, when you are weak, I am strong. When you are human, I'm superhuman. I'm spirit. And he says that he wants to fill our lives with his spirit, with his love, with his mercy, with his goodness and his tenderness. He wants to fill us with his wisdom and his understanding that we can lean on him. So he says, oh, I understand your weaknesses. Sometimes we go, well, I'm only human. Yes, you are, but that's not an excuse to just carry out your shameful and wrong behavior, amen? Because sometimes that's what we say. Well, I'm only human. What what do you expect? God expects us to trust him and live above our humanity because he understands that we're human and he understands we're weak and he understands us. And because he understands our humanity, he's saying, I want you to know that I want to elevate you and I want to take care of you and I want to pour myself into you. And that's why it's so important that we understand that this psalm shows us our weakness and and our humanity. Another thing this psalm shows us is our God-given position and privileges. God has given us dominion. When he created the heavens and the earth and everything on it and everything in it, he told Adam and Eve, he goes, you will have dominion over all of it. And that goes on. It wasn't just for Adam and Eve. It was for all humanity. It means for you and the me. It means we're above animals. They're not equal to us. People think they're equal. Now, we're supposed to care. The Bible even says we're supposed to care. The Bible even talks. It has scriptures on why we should treat animals nice. 
It says we're supposed to love them. And by loving them, we show that we love God. That when we care for our animals, we're showing how we care about God. And in verse 5 through 8, it says, yet you made them only a little. He's talking about humans here. He's saying, you made humans just a little lower than God, and you crowned them with glory and honor. Verse 6, he says, you gave them charge over everything you made. He's saying, I put you, human beings, charge over everything I made, putting all things under their authority, our authority. It says, I'm talking about the flocks and the herds. I'm talking about the wild animals. I'm talking about birds in the sky and fish in the sea and everything that swims the ocean currents. He's saying, in other words, all creation is under man. We have dominion over it. We have superiority over it. There was a lady a few years back that wanted to marry a dolphin. I'm like, is there something wrong with that picture? Did the dolphin have anything to say with it? But I'm not kidding you. She wanted to marry a dolphin. There's people that hold animals equal to us. The Bible does not teach that. Now, I'm not saying to treat your animals mean. I I have pets. But you know what? You have to remember your position. God has given us position, and he's given us privileges with those positions. He's given us dominion because of that position. He's given us authority because of that position. And because we hold that position, he says, I have made you, I have created you, and I've given you dominion over that, and I want you to be responsible for that, and I want to make sure that you do it right and you know how to do it. So it's important that he says, I want you to see. And when he said that in verse 7, he goes, the flocks and the herds. In other words, he's talking about the more like domestic animals, like your herds of horses and, and the herds of, herds of cattle and sheep and goats and, and animals that we eat and we draw from. We get milk from goat milk and we get... We get wool from the sheep and, and we get beef from, from cattle and, and, and the horses give us strength to be able to plow the land and to, to work the land and to look over it. But he's saying, you're in charge of those. They're not in charge of you. You take care of them. You treat them good. You care for them, but you have dominion. You have authority. Your position is above them. And you need to understand that. And when you come to understand those things, then you come to understand who you are, that you and I are weaklings, and without God, we cannot make it, and how much we need him. And he's saying, and I've given you position. I've given you privileges. I've given you authority. I have given you an assignment, and I want you to carry out that assignment. I want you to do it for my glory, for my honor, and I want you to do it in a way that brings glory to his name and to really be able to elevate people. We're supposed to be able to reach down and pull people up to the level that we've come to, not put people down, 
The only time you ever step on anyone, that's because they got on all fours and they go, here, get on my back, get higher up. And once you get higher up, pull me up with you. See, we're there to help one another, encourage one another. We have that position and that assignment, those privileges. And this psalm also shows us God as the one worthy of praise. We are to praise the name of Jesus. We're to praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are to praise the Trinity. We are to praise him and worship him. We're not supposed to praise man. Now, the Bible says give honor where honor is due. There's nothing wrong with honoring a man or a woman and to recognize the giftings and the things they've done. There's nothing wrong with that. But some people get it to the level that they now praise him for everything. Oh, my goodness. He's the greatest preacher on earth. She's the greatest preacher on earth. And they go to lengths to be able to meet some of these people. There's nothing wrong with meeting someone that you really do admire. But don't ever forget, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. We have to remember that. He's worthy of praise. Look what it says right there in verse 9. It started with verse 1, and it ends with verse 9. He says, O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. We've got to remember that. It's the Lord's majesty. Every place you look in the book of Romans chapter 1, it says in creation, you see God's handprint all over it. Man, anyone that comes here to Albuquerque, they fall in love with the mountains. They go, you guys have beautiful mountains. And then when they're snow-capped, oh, my goodness, don't they look amazing? They're just beautiful. But even when they don't have snow on them and that sun sets at the perfect area just right and it hits them, and, man, all of a sudden, that's why they call them sandia because sandia means watermelon. And they turn kind of that rose color the color of a watermelon. And you go, wow, look at the majestic handprint of God on the mountains of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Look at the landscape in New Mexico. We are very blessed. People come from around the world to see what we have. And sometimes we miss it. You drive through and you fail to see the glory of God. You fail to see what's there because you don't appreciate him and you don't feel appreciated and you feel like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, God loves me so much. I don't sure don't feel like it because you haven't found your position in God. You haven't found your purpose in God. You haven't found your privileges in God. You haven't found and confessed your weaknesses to God and found out that in your humanity, God is still God and he loves you so much. And he wants to raise you up. And he wants to bless you abundantly. So what are some of the things that we do then? We need to really learn to be appreciated and, and to be because people want to be appreciated. And, and we have to understand that we realize we're appreciated when we know that we're loved by God. If you do not know you're loved by God, it's hard to understand the love of God. It's hard to understand his calling, his purpose, his anointing, his favor, what he has on us as human beings. 
because you haven't come to know him. You haven't come to know the majestic hand of God that has made all this for us to enjoy and to us to dominate it and to have dominion over it. And because you don't know him, you can't understand how much he loves you. And because you can't understand how much he loves you, you reject anything he tries to give you. And you're like, yeah, right. He doesn't love me. If he loved me so much, why did bad things happen to me? You know why bad things happen to good people? Because we live in a wicked world. And a wicked world where God has given us, he's given us a free will. And he's given us a free will to say, you know what? You could do whatever you want with that will. You could go and hurt someone or you could go and bless someone. You can go and take somebody's life or you could go and give life. You can go and curse someone or you can go and just uplift somebody. See, God has given us this free will, and some people use the free will out of control, and they've done very destructive things with it. And unfortunately, guess what? We have all been guilty of that. We've done things that we regret. Some things we did, some things premeditated. We knew it was wrong, and we still said, we're going to do this. The old, you're going to pay for that, man. You're going to pay for that. Me la vas a pagar. And man, you come after them and you come after them and you come after them and you just are relentless. You don't back down. And God is saying, don't you understand? I love you. I want to heal you. I want to restore you. I want to make you new. And in Romans chapter 5, verse 6, he said, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came to us just at the right time and died for us sinners. Aren't you glad that God came to die for you when you were utterly helpless? When you didn't have it together and you were falling apart and you were like, I can't do this anymore. And you finally realized, wow, Christ died for me. So that's what the cross is all about. That's why I love an empty cross. Because he not only died, there's not, it's not a sin having a crucifix, but a crucifix reminds us he died, but an empty cross reminds us he has victory over death and he is risen. We have victory and he's given us that. And he says, that's how much I love you. I love you so much, I've poured myself out to you. I love you so much, I want you to know how much I love you. I love you so much. It's important that you embrace that. But some of us don't feel that. Because you might have grown up in a bad setting. You might have grown up with mean parents. I know this young man that I was talking to the other day. When he was 11 years old, his mom threw him out of the house. And he raised himself. 11 years old! That's a little boy. And that poor guy just made one big mistake after another. Then he ended up in prison. And when he got out of prison, 
He came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and he came to know the love of God, and God has given him purpose, and he's given him privileges, and he's given him position, and he's given him dominion, and in spite of his weaknesses, God has raised him up, and now he's married, has a family, has an amazing job, and I go, man, what was the difference? He goes, the Lord, the Lord. Don't you understand? That's our life. It might have not been that dramatic, but that's our life. Without him, we're nothing. We're lost. We're going through life and stumbling across and and, and just falling flat on our face. But it says that, you know what? Even a man of God falls seven times, but he rises up again. In other words, we get back up. We're resilient. I'm sure this is not a word, but I'm going to say it anyway. We're the comebackers. I came back, that's right. I came back, and I'm back and here to stay. See, God has raised us. God has equipped us. God has prepared us, and we feel appreciated when we come to know his love. When you come to realize that Jesus died for you, he said, I know what you need. You need a savior. You need someone to take your sin because you're a mess and you can't free yourself. So he sent his son to free us. Isn't that simply amazing? Simply amazing. Some of you have been in court before and you've been in trouble before. Can you imagine standing in front of the judge and he's about to sentence you? And he goes, I sentence you to life. And all of a sudden, someone in the audience says, uh, Your Honor, I'll do it for him. And it's like, wait, what? And you didn't even know that, man. That's what Jesus did. He took your place. Even while we were still sinners, he died for us. But he wants us to finally come to understand that so we could appreciate it. And when you understand that, then you feel appreciated. I'll never forget the first time I had to go to court for something that I got cited for. We had the church in the South Valley, and we were growing, so I wanted to add on to the building, so I I called a bunch of guys from church, and I go, let's pour a slab, and then we're going to put this up, and we're going to do this and this and this, and and. I said, do we have to get a permit? The guys at the church go, you don't have to get no permit. You don't need a permit. So I go, orale pues, so let's do it. And I got this red tag, and I thought it was a welcome thing. Oh, look, we welcome you, man, a red tag. The inspector said, you can't build without a permit. You got to go to court. So I'm in court. Never been in court. I didn't have an attorney. I just said, the Lord's my advocate. He's my defender. That doesn't work all the time. (laughs) And I'm standing in front of the judge, and they go, the state of New Mexico, blah, 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 against Pastor Richard Mansfield and Southside Church of God. And he goes, how do you plead? And I go, guilty with an explanation. And he goes, "Uh, Pastor, um, the judge said this. He didn't have to do this. The judge goes, "Uh, Pastor, uh, it's obvious you don't know how this works. 
Um, the minute you say guilty, that means the case is over. You don't get an explanation. You can't give anything. You're guilty and it's over. I sentence you now. I go, oh, okay, okay, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. He goes, say innocent because you're innocent until proven guilty and it's up to the county to prove that you're guilty. And I'm thinking, but I am guilty. <laughs> so I go, innocent, your honor. He goes, very good. Now you get to give your explanation. God gave me grace that day. That judge gave me grace. Do you know how appreciated I felt that that judge found favor in me? That judge, that judge extended favor? I felt like, wow, thank you, your honor. You see, we feel appreciated when we come to realize how much God loves us. We also, we realize we're appreciated when we know that we can begin to love ourselves. Some people have a hard time loving themselves. Some people have sabotaged themselves because they don't feel lovable and they don't feel God loves them. And then they feel like, okay, maybe God loves me, I guess. Okay, okay, leave me alone, but I don't love myself. I hate myself. I'm stupid. And they begin mutilating themselves. Some literally physically mutilate themselves. Some have hurt themselves. Some have done really dumb things like become addicted because they're trying to hide the pain and the shame and, 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 they, and they, they do things that affect their body because they don't feel like they're lovable and they definitely don't love themselves. So they hurt themselves with decisions they make and behaviors that they ha- act out and they destroy themselves. Some men and women are constantly going from sexual partner to sexual partner to sexual partner, destroying their life and others. Some are into drugs or alcohol or gambling or overeating or, or just whatever they get into. And they start becoming very destructive because they don't feel appreciated because they definitely don't know how to love themselves. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 39, Jesus, the man asked, what must I do to get into heaven? He says, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. But then he goes on to say a second commandment is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, Sunday morning, if you were here, Pastor Bob was preaching about that, that you can't love God until you finally love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself and you don't believe that you're lovable, you're, you're going to reject God's love. And you're going to push him away. And God is saying, don't you understand how much I love you? Would you start loving yourself? It's okay to love yourself. Some people become narcissistic. Narcissistic is when you're so into yourself, you're like into yourself. You can't walk by a building and walk past the glass without looking and going, orale, man, man, right? All of us know somebody like that. Don't point them out tonight, please. They're just, they think life's all about them. 
I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where you come to realize that it's okay to love yourself and it's okay to care about yourself and it's okay to do something for yourself. You need to start learning how to appreciate yourself. There's nothing wrong, ladies, with going out and getting your nails done or a pedicure. And men, there's nothing wrong with a pedicure. I never knew that. I thought men that got pedicure were a little different. And I was doing a wedding in Dallas, Texas for my niece and my cousin, my cousin who's like a macho, macho man. He goes, hey, man, I got to go get a haircut. Come with me. And we took off. And before we got to the haircut place, he gets to a, a nail shop, you know. I go, what are we doing here? He goes, we're getting a pedicure. And I go, that loco, you're crazy. And he goes, you've never had a pedicure? I go, no. I go, the only pedicure is taking care of my pet, making sure he's cured. He goes, no, dude, you're on your feet all day. I'm on my feet all day. He goes, dude, you're going to love this. And I was like, oh, I don't love this. I don't love this. I don't love this. I sat in a chair. I don't love this. I love, I love this. Oh, man. <laughs> they started hot water. They're rubbing my legs with sand and all kinds of weird stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, I could get used to this. I never did it again, but I could get used to it. There's nothing wrong with pampering yourself. Some of you love yourself so much, you don't love your family. You take care of yourself, but you don't take care of them. You see, we need to be able to pamper ourselves and actually love ourselves. Because when you start loving yourself, you appreciate yourself. You start going, you know what? I'm not that bad a dude after all. I'm actually a pretty good husband. I'm actually a pretty good wife. I'm actually a pretty good son or daughter, brother, sister, mother, father, brother, brother, on and on and on. And you realize, you know what? It's okay to think highly of yourself. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to, which means don't say you're something that you're not. I'm the greatest speaker in the world. No, you're not. You're good, but you're not the greatest. I'm the greatest hairdresser in the world. Well, if you really are, then say it. But if you're not, then say, you know what? I'm pretty good, man. I'm, I'm one of the ranked ones, but I'm not the greatest, but I'm, I'm pretty close to it. See, there's nothing wrong with saying that you're good at what you do. Just don't elevate yourself higher than you should. And it brings me to the third thing, that we've got to realize that we're appreciated when we allow others to love us. Some people don't let people love on them. They give you a compliment and you get all shook up. They go, man, you look good today. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. You're probably just saying that. Instead, you ought to just say, why, thank you. You might not feel it, but accept their compliment. No, 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 I'm not. No, you really, you look good. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not. It's almost like beg, you're begging for more. <laughs> just accept a compliment. That's not always easy to do. I don't always accept a compliment real easy. Sometimes that feels a little weird. Do you know what? There's nothing wrong with accepting a compliment. If someone says, man, 
That was a really good meal. I thank you. Wow. You really care about people. Wow, thank you. Just, or don't go, I, I do it, it's, a, it's the Lord, it's the Lord. Yes, it is the Lord, it's the Lord in you, but accept what they're complimenting. Make sure you don't give glory to yourself that belongs to God, but there's nothing wrong with receiving glory. He says he takes us from glory to glory. He says he shares his glory with us. In other words, when people compliment you, they're complimenting him in you, but you don't have to say, it's not me, it's the Lord. I, don't, I didn't do it for you, I did it for the Lord. Whoa, excuse me. Man, that's almost like an insult. Like I wouldn't do nothing for you, but I did it for God. Wow. Do it for them too. See, when you allow people to love you, you feel appreciated. You go like, wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. You know how we, 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 we build a healthy self-esteem? Number one, it's from our family. Our family. Our mom and dad, brother, sisters, son, daughter, grandparents, grandchildren. When they speak life into you, they, you, they build your self-esteem. They go, man, you're really getting good at that. I remember I used to play the saxophone, and, and, and I, I, I got really good. I ended up getting a scholarship to the University of Texas at El Paso playing the saxophone. And I, I was really good at it. And as I was getting better and better, my mom and dad would always want to show me off. So when relatives would come over, they go, mijito, go get your saxophone and play for him. But I was all embarrassed to play for him, man. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to play for them. So they'd go, come on, play. So I would stand in the kitchen where I didn't have to see them, but I would play. And I'd be jamming away, just me and my sax. And they'd all be listening, and they'd go, hi, mijito, you're amazing. And I'd go, of course I am. No, I didn't. (laughs) I just said, wow, thank you. It was humbling, but they built me up. You build me up. See, we we get built up by life's experiences. You've experienced stuff in your life that has taught you, right? It's like, you don't have to go through something to learn from it. When you hear someone's testimony, you might go like, oh my gosh, they've gone through so much pain in life. Don't say, man, I can't relate. I've never been through that. You know what? I know what pain's like. It might not be the pain they have, but pain is pain, amen? Love is a universal language, but so is pain. I don't have to hit myself with a hammer to know it hurts. You you see where I'm coming from? It's like we get to learn from life's experiences. I've learned from your experiences. Hopefully, you learned from mine. You all have done some things that I go, oh, my goodness gracious, God, I pray that I never do anything like that. I pray that I never have to go through that kind of pain. And I've gone through some pain that you guys go, oh, my gosh, that guy's really dumb. Why did he do that? And hopefully you'll never have to go through my pain. But we also learn a healthy self-esteem from our own perspective. When you are going through life and you go, wow, look, if you look at your life right now and compare it to a month ago or a year ago, Isn't your life enriched? Isn't your life better? 
I mean, you're in church on a Wednesday night, for goodness sakes. And hopefully you're not going to the club afterwards. Man, this is, you're in God's presence. Man, we encourage each other. That's why I say, man, you look amazing. Man, I try to encourage people because you know what? I want to speak life into you. From our own perspective, we build our self-esteem. We go, wow, Lord, from where I used to be to where I am now. I mean, it's just simply amazing. Simply amazing. And we also build our self-esteem from God. That's why it's important to read the Word of God because the Word of God speaks life into us. The Word of God says we're the head and not the tail. I don't know about you, I feel like the tail a lot of times. But when I read the Word, I go, wow. He says I'm the first and not the last. He says I'm a royal priesthood. He says I'm a holy nation. He says I'm a peculiar people. He says I'm the light of the world. He says, he says, he says, and because he says that, I believe it and I receive it and it builds me up. So you've got to hold on to that. You've got to remember that. You've got to build yourself up from that. You've got to build yourself up and say, wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the promise you've given us. Thank you for the promise we come to understand. When someone gives their life to Jesus, we give them a Bible, but in there, there's a card that has a bunch of I am statements. I'm a child of God. I am royal of priesthood. I'm just on and on and on and on. And the reason we give that to them, because most people don't feel it, don't believe it, and I want them to believe it straight from God's mouth to their ears. So there's ways we could build up our self-esteem. I'm going to list 10. I came across this in a study I was reading. 10 ways to build your self-esteem. Number one, learn something new every day. Every day. Haven't you learned something new? And don't you feel like, wow, I learned something new today. Man, I have to call my grandson because he's like a a computer and an and electronic genius. So I go, Danny, I need your help, Danny. I need to know how to do this. He goes, Grandpa, look, okay, get your phone. Okay, now open it up to settings. And he walks me through it, and I go, Daddy, I did it, Daddy, I did it. I go, you walked me through it, Daddy. I go, you did it, Daddy. He goes, no, Grandpa, you did it. I showed you how to do it, and I feel all proud. Yeah, baby, I learned something new today. <laughs> Haven't you ever learned something new, and you just feel like, yes, I did it. I rocked it. Another thing is do something for others every day. Every day, do something for someone else. I don't know about you, but when I do something for someone else, it sure makes me feel good. I feel like, Wow. It's like, wow, Lord, I did my good deed for the day. And I don't do it to score points with God. I do it to be a blessing, not a curse. There's enough people out in the streets of Albuquerque and beyond that are bringing a curse to people's life. They're hard. They're mean. They're ugly. We need to be nice and do something nice. And then if you want to build self-esteem, Quit competing with other people. Quit competing. 
you will always find someone better and you'll always find someone worse. So get around the people that do worse than you and you go say, oh, I'm really good. <laughs> but then get around the ones better than you and go, wow, I'm really bad. See, you've got to compare yourself to only one, God. Say, okay, God, I know who you are and I know what you've got. And because I know who you are and what you've got, help me to be that. The Apostle Paul says, be imitators of Christ as I am of the Lord. So when you see me imitating Jesus, follow me. But if you see me being an idiot, don't do, don't say, oh, well, the pastor did it. No, don't do that. If you want to build self-esteem, fourth thing is use affirming language. Affirming language is being positive, being positive. Speaking life, speaking hope, saying, wow, you look great. Man, you did good. Man, you're doing wonderful. Man, I'm so proud of you. Wow, you've just grown so much. Wow, you're just amazing. Wow, speak affirming words into people's life. Sometimes it's hard when, when there's so much negativity around you. There's someone that sent me a text and they go, Pastor, I'll be back at church because I've been gone because I was positive for COVID. And they sent me a picture showing I'm negative. And I said, okay, the only time I ever want you negative is when you have a negative COVID test. Otherwise, I want you to be positive. <laughs> but don't you know some people that are always walking around negative? They just suck life out of you. I always say there's two kinds of people. Those that walk in a room and bring life. And those that walk out of a room and bring life because they finally left. <laughs> Don't be the second one. The fifth thing, remove yourself from people that put you down. Don't be around people that are always dogging you. I'm telling you this for your own good. Wow. Boy, you just made me feel like garbage. That sure is good. There's, look, some people say it's constructive criticism. Criticism is criticism. I like to call it constructive advice. I'm going to give you some advice to increase your life. But I'm not going to criticize you to say it's good for you. No, let me tell you something. I'm going to speak life into you. Affirm life. The sixth thing to really build your self-esteem is do something every day that you do well. So whatever you do well, do that every day because you're going to feel good. Yeah, I still got it. Yeah, I blessed someone today. Yeah, I was an encourager today. Yeah, I spoke life and not death. Yeah, I encouraged them. Yeah, I blessed them with a, just a corny joke. But I blessed them. Because some of you are really good at corny jokes. <laughs> when I see you coming, I get my butter out so I can butter it up. It's so corny. Okay, that was bad. That, see, that, that's a corny joke, okay? Seventh thing, if you really want to build self-esteem, is concentrate on things that you like about yourself. We usually concentrate on what? What we don't like. Oh, I'm so dumb, I'm so dumb. Oh, my big fat nose, oh, my big fat 
body. Oh, my big fat head. Oh, my, my, my. And we just put ourselves down. And somebody goes, no, you're not fat or, or you're not ugly or you're, and, oh, yeah, right. Oh, shut up. I know who I am. No, you know what? Concentrate. Okay. I like this about me. I like my personality. People tell me that they like my personality, that I cheer them up. Lord, thank you that you've given me a good personality to cheer people up with. Now let me use it to cheer me up. Another thing is number eight, immediately change the things you don't like about yourself. Change those things. If you don't like something, well, quit doing it. Change. Another thing, number nine, is keep a success list. Keep a list of things that you did right and you achieved. That way you can look back and go, wow, Lord, this is amazing to think five years ago where I was to where I am today. Wow, 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 wow. It's crazy. And last is set clear, reachable goals daily. Set reachable goals daily. I set a calendar goal for myself, and I look at my calendar, and I put stuff in there. And the night before, I look at it. I don't look way in advance. I just look one night ahead of time. Okay, what do I have tomorrow? Okay, God, this is what I have tomorrow. Without you, I can't do it. I need you. Thank you for what you're letting me accomplish, Lord. Thank you for letting me reach these goals. Be a blessing. So some of you don't know God loves you. Some of us don't have not received that love yet. And if you're one of those people that have never received God's love and you've never given your life to Jesus and you haven't let him into your life and you want to do that tonight, raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to receive Jesus. I want to be able to do the right thing tonight, receive his love. Is there anyone here tonight? Well, then I want to pray for each one of us. Would you stand to your feet? And I just want to encourage you because some of you are going through a real hard time and you've really been beating yourself up. I'm no good as a man. I'm no good as a woman. I'm no good as a father, as a mother, as a son, as a daughter, as a brother, as a sister, as a husband, as a wife. And you just keep beating yourself up. And today God's saying, won't you accept my love? Won't you receive everything I have for you? Won't you surrender to me? Won't you give it to me and let me pour myself into you? So if you want prayer, I encourage you to come up. I encourage you to surrender and say, God, I don't want to carry this anymore. I'm exhausted. I want to feel appreciated. I want to realize how much you love me. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you for how you've poured yourself out to us and into us. Just lift up his name, would you?
saving message of your gospel. Amen. Can we give him thanks tonight for what he has done? Thank you, Lord, that uh, we come into this place, Lord, and you give us rest, you give us peace, Lord, and you give us hope, Lord. The things that we can't find out there, Heavenly Father, is the only thing you can always count on you, Lord, to give us peace, the real peace, Lord, the real hope, the real comfort, Lord. To know, Lord, that we can come into your presence, Lord, and you can fill our cup to overflowing, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, church, we want to remind you that on Sunday is Baptism Sunday. And the Lord is touching your heart tonight to get baptized, to take that next step in your faith and say, I want to be baptized and go public with my faith. We want to invite you to do that and sign up on the NBC ABQ app. And if you haven't done that, we'd like to invite you. But church, we want to thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. We dismiss you in Jesus' name. And we hope to be with you on Sunday. Amen. We'll see you then.